The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by the Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino, and joining me today are Simon Holdsworth and Michael Wandy. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Good Kat. Evening. So last week, the San Francisco 49ers traveled to Seattle and faced the Seahawks in what was a rather disappointing game, at least for me. I actually only half paid attention to it. How about you guys? Yeah, just uh, me and my false hope from false hope from last week, but um, I don't think it played out any differently to what really we perhaps should have expected, I think. Yeah, I I must admit I had a red zone on the other screen and I paid more attention on red zone than on the game. It's really hard to to get involved in a game when you're down to your third and fourth string players and they just you know, they just cannot stop someone like Russell Wilson who went 11 for 17, 185 yards but four touchdowns with that 140.9 passer rating. Um, Mullins did pretty good, you know, 30 of 48 for 414 yards. Who would have thought he'd hit 400 yards? Uh, two touchdowns, one INT, and a 95.3 passer rating. The poor kid just can't get a break. No, I mean, it's, it was quite telling that Russell Wilson threw touchdowns with, you know, one in three passes, which kind of shows you what he really had to do. I mean, the Seahawks had the advantage of good field position a lot. I think we had a couple of special teams nightmares didn't we a muffed punt yeah. and then a a lengthy return um i think it was either i can't remember whether it was a punt or whether it was the kickoff return um but yeah they didn't really have to do much which is the disappointing thing you know you, you can handle winning oh sorry you can handle losing when you know you're making the other team scrap for it but really the seahawks didn't have to uh, extend themselves to 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 get the to get the victory, and I don't know about you guys, but you can only sigh so many times, can't you, before you get bored? And it, I just found myself going, oh, oh, yeah, oh. and then it was kind of like I'm bored of this, so I'm just going to watch Red Zone for a while. Yeah, it's quite frustrating. Uh, I think the game was a perfect mirror of our season. It's not the opponent who beats us; it's ourselves who beats. We beat ourselves. But if we're looking for any kind of positives, which, as our listeners know, I've been trying to maintain throughout the season, some days failing, but most days doing okay, I think, um, we're actually starting to see players, because of injury, that we haven't seen, so we're getting to evaluate some talent perhaps for insertion into the practice squad next year, perhaps on make the, the roster next year. It was good to see for me Dante Pettis get 129 yards for five catches. He scored our two touchdowns. So it was nice to see some production out of him. It was good seeing Wilson out there. He was eight for 73, a 9.1 average after the catch, um, and his long was 24. So, uh, you know, we're, we're getting to see some of these guys that we wouldn't normally see because of injury, but do we see, have you seen anything out there that maybe we should be looking at for the future? I think I think it was definitely a breakout game for Dante Pettis, wasn't it? Um, there was a a little bit of poetic beautifulness about his his uh, long touchdown, where you know it was kind of a throwback to the 
80s and 90s where a, a 49ers wide receiver took a quick slant and then went the length of the field almost with a, a lot of yards after the catch it was kind of Rice or Taylor-esque wasn't it which was uh, I... it kind of the clouds parted for a beautiful <laughs> 10 seconds of the game and the, the sun shone <laughs> down and then the, but then again the clouds quickly regathered I think I think the future looks bright at running back. I mean, we we spoke about Matt Breda. He really didn't do much on Sunday, but it turns out that he'd been he'd still hampered by that ankle injury. But I was really impressed with Jeff Wilson Jr. He he really looked like Breda in you know pretty slender back, but ran attacked the line really hard. And I mean, he's he had some production last week as well. I mean, an average of nine yards per carry. There's not many running backs in the league that get that kind of production. So I think at running back, once we've got the jet back and obviously Breda can rehab a little bit, we've got three three guys there at running back who can really cause some damage. I think if we keep Mullins and uh, Bethard, I think Mullins uh, makes a run for the number two quarterback. Uh, we, we maybe don't win games with him, but his stats are more impressive than those of Bethard. And... Uh, if we had a finisher in the red zone, uh, I think we would have won some of the games or it would be a closer game. Well, and I think that's part of what gives me hope is that it really looks like on offense that the piece that's missing is that finish in the red zone, you know, is getting that score. And so if they can concentrate on the off season to work on that, because I think I think our offense is pretty solid, don't you? We, we touched on it last week, didn't we, that... The, you did. The, 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 <laughs> the, the offense is looking, you know, the people who have kind of stepped in have done a better job than perhaps those lower down the roster on the defense. And, and I think we've all alluded to the defense's problems with scheme and etc. But um, yeah, I think there's cause for optimism with the offense, certainly. Michael, talk to me about the offensive line and what you're seeing. Okay. Um, over the whole season, um, I'm really proud of this offense line. Uh, they they played a good season so far, but the game against uh, Seattle, especially Laken Tomlinson, was abysmal. Um, Tomlinson looked as he as if he had no plan who to block, and uh, that uh, was the pressure Mullins faced all the time. It was over Laken Tomlinson, not over the outsides, not over the t- uh, the tackles. It, it was through the guard position and that's really frustrating they they, they kind of ran stunted stunted pass rushes though didn't they where they'd kind of faint to the outside and then a guy would loop from the outside around to the around the inside between center and guard and i think that he had real problems picking that up and whether he was kind of getting his, it wasn't he wasn't getting his head turned very often and his feet seemed to be quite static once he'd kind of leaned himself to one side to look at a particular pass rusher he didn't have the speed or the or the body swivel to be able to pick somebody up coming on the inside. Yeah, there was one play, uh, especially where he already moved outside to Staley to double block, and there the, the linebacker rushed into the, that uh, hole. And um, if 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 would kept his position, uh, the, he would have stopped the linebacker. I find it interesting, though, that our offense, our third down efficiency, was exactly the same as the Seahawks, but that certainly wasn't reflective on the scoreboard. Uh, Both teams came away with 44% third down efficiency. Um, 
Niners were 7 of 16 and the Seahawks were 4 of 9. I think that goes to tell you how good the Seahawks are. They they don't really find themselves in those third down situations. But also field position cat as well. I mean, it's one thing, you know, completing third downs when you've got your back against your own end zone. But if you're completing 44% and you're starting on the 40-yard line of the opposition, then, you know, you only need to complete two of those and you're in the red zone, aren't you? We just didn't seem to get a sniff. And there's our problem, uh, the, the red zone efficiency. I mean, uh, Gold looks as good as he is uh, because uh, we mostly do uh, field goals in the red zone and no touchdown. And we can't be that bad uh, if so many players of our team are uh, in the first or second place uh, for, uh, for the voting for the Pro Bowl. So, uh, Mark and Soja is a a special thing but uh, look at Dushek, look at Kittle how high they are in the voting for the Pro Bowl so we can't be that bad. No, there's not many teams that run a fullback though is there to be fair Michael so I don't think the Deuce has got much competition <laughs> but there again he's, you know, in terms of a weapon, he's the most utilised fullback in football I think isn't he? The, the, the one interesting stat for me was that Yet again, and I think this has been true for the majority of the games this season, is our time of possession. We I know. We, we just we have the ball <laughs> a long time, which is great because we're keeping the defence off the field. But it's kind of like the the Seahawks outscored us, you know, by thirty odd points and still had the ball less than us, which kinda gives you draws you to two conclusions. One, we're having to grind out our drives, so we and we don't really have that kind of big play threat yeah we got one but how many how many passes of 30 40 yards and how many runs of 30 40 yards do we have per game we don't really have that we're kind of it's always kind of like second and five third and four you know we're, we're having to go and really go i mean obviously we play a lot more of a running game than we do a pass game at the moment which naturally you're gonna the, the plays are going to be longer and the, the you know with the clock's going to keep going and your yards per uh, play is slightly less but you know for it to, for to have the ball longer and for to, to be outscored by such a, a a dramatic score line kind of points that you know we perhaps do need some deeper threats and certainly red zone threats like michael's touched on well and i think it also goes to show that we are definitely losing the turnover battle because part of that was we're grinding and then we turn the ball over. And, you know, I don't see the stat here, but, you know, how many turnovers of ours became scores for them? Yeah, we're on pace for our worst ever season in terms of turn, in terms of plus, plus minus turnover differential. Yeah, it's not looking good there. There you took the word right out of my mouth. Um, I wanted to say that look at the starting positions. Uh, that's why they outscored us. Uh, usually, uh, Mullins had to start in its within its own ten yards, and uh, Russell Wilson often got the ball uh, in a very good field position. And uh, yeah, the the turnover battle that's what costing us too, um, because our defense can't take the ball in a better position for our quarterback. Well, and look at some of this. Um, 12 games into the season, the Niners defense has two interceptions and three fumble recoveries. We are on pace to give up 448 points. That's 28 points per game for the year. And that's two points less than Jim O'Neill's historically bad 2016 unit. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's sad. Doc says indeed. <laughs> Well, and I think that lends it a lot of support to the fact that the front office really needs to focus in the offseason on that defense. And on the uh, coordinator. Sorry, but... Uh, yeah, we'll get to that discussion. <laughs> we don't have the personnel for uh, his style, for the Seattle style of defense, and he, he doesn't change, and I think that's a defensive coordinator... Uh, error because if, if he sees we don't have the personnel he has to do something and he doesn't and that's that's the conversation i had with my husband over the weekend it, you know the talk radio around here around the 49ers is very doom and gloom and it's very much um let's get rid of everybody you know everybody's going down that road which you know if you're a regular listener you know i'm totally against that so my husband and I got into this conversation about, well, should we get rid of Sala? Should Sala be on the chopping block? And my husband is of the ilk, exactly like you just said, that he was would probably be a fine defensive coordinator if he had the talent he needed to run his scheme. But because he doesn't, he doesn't make the adjustments. And that's what's angering my husband right now. Yeah. Uh, best uh, example is I, I read in so many groups, uh, throw Witherspoon out. And people completely ignoring that, first of all, we don't play man coverage, but uh, zone coverage. So there is no help from the safeties for Witherspoon. And uh, if 90% of all balls come on your side because no one tries to throw on Sherman, then you automatically look bad. Well, let's also add that Witherspoon leads the NFL in pass interference penalties with five this year. And he's the most penalized niner. Pressure will bring those kind of mistakes, though, won't they? As Michael yeah. rightly says, if he's constantly getting targeted, then the law of averages would suggest that he's going to give up penalties. And it's it's interesting that Michael brought up um, safety cover over the top and, and scheme fits. I mean, how on earth did we end up with Malcolm Smith trying to cover Tyler Lockett on that long touchdown that they had? Oh, yeah. It, yeah. it, was, like, it was like me trying to catch Usain Bolt and... <laughs> it was never going to happen and, 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 it, and it almost looked for a split second like Malcolm Smith was kind of going Jakiski where are you you know yeah. uh, and he was like oh god I'd literally have to run and chase this guy now and he, I think he got to about 20 <laughs> yards out and he just kind of gave up the ghost didn't he but um, yeah the, it's mistakes like that that at the, at the highest level they, Russell Wilson is going to see that matchup straight away and there's only ever one place that that ball is going after that yeah, maybe it's just me, but uh, I I see our safeties blitzing more than they help in pass coverage. <laughs> so obviously there's still work to be done, um, and it's going to be a rough couple of weeks coming out the next few weeks. So the Niners did come away from that uh, game with a few injuries. Breda has been ruled out for this week with an ankle injury he's obviously has really re-aggravated that ankle uh wilson has a foot injury he is day-to-day tart is out for this week he's got a shoulder injury uh watson has a torn calf muscle so he'll be out um, today some point today uh garcon reed and garnett will all be reevaluated. although um shanahan has said that garcon is expected to be back this week as is marquise goodwin um marquise will be talking to the press later this week possibly addressing why he was gone um 
it sounds like he's got some pretty bad stuff going on with his family and we wish him well of course but it'll be nice to see him back and then the big news coming out of the 49ers this week was that Kyle Nelson our long snapper has been suspended 10 games for abusing the substance abuse policy for a second time Yay, Mogadi. Yeah. I know. I, I I joked on the Facebook page about why would a long... Of all the positions that you would think someone would need to take a performance-enhancing drug, the long snapper would probably be the yes. furthest one away. And it's kind of like... What is he expected to do? Is Bradley is is he? Are we punting from the from the fifty yard line and, and Bradley Pinion is stood in the back of the end zone and this ball comes careering back to him? Like, <laughs> that guy's been on something. There's no way that you can long snap a ball fifty yards. Well, and it's one of those things. You you see stories like that and you're like, really? You know they do the random drug testing. They know you know that if you're if you're using, they're gonna catch you. Why bother? Yeah, particularly if you've already been caught once before as well. That's like. Come on, dumbass, what are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, questions are becoming few and far between from the Facebook group, which is okay. I get where everybody's at. Um, but we do have uh, a few that we can uh, address. Uh, Richard Burley, who I'm trying to get on the show. In what respect is Brick by Brick anything more than a slogan? What do you guys think? I, 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 I think... It, we touched on it last week about about how this season we've kind of had a, a knockback, and I would like to, if we're going to use the brick by brick analogy, I think we can probably say that we'd kind of towards the end of last season we'd kind of built a wall that was three foot high, but then with with Jimmy G's injury and the Jets' injury and and everything that's kind of gone on, we've had two feet of the wall knocked down, and we're kind of having to start almost start again. So yeah, it is an analogy and it is kind of a, a thing, but as an ethos. I do believe in it, and I do believe the guys believe in it. And then, but I think we need to start again a fresh, positive attitude at the start of next season. Just see where we go from there. Yeah, like Simon said, uh, if you see every player as brick, um, we have to rebuild brick by brick. And uh, I know a lot of uh, people think uh, we already started the rebuild under under Balky, but the real rebuild started l last season. And if you take uh, two steps uh, forward, you sometimes uh, take one step back, and that's what we did this season. And sometimes you take four or five steps back. But yeah, that's part of the process. Yeah. and uh, people people uh, need really need patience. Uh, there's uh, a six-year plan uh, they have, and we are all only in year two, and. Uh, I already laughed in front of the season when people already talked about playoffs or Super Bowl. <laughs> and uh, now that we had a rude awakening and uh, it's, that's uh, that's part of a rebuild. Look, look at the Browns, how many years the Browns needed. And this year they have for them a r really good season. Um, there's still a, w a way to go, but... Uh, we we just need patience uh, before every brick is in uh, is in place, and uh, only because we have Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, one brick doesn't mean we have all bricks we need. Uh, we need a lot of bricks in the defense. What we see this season. Yeah, we need bricks instead of sponges, right? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Argo asks, why is there a lack of blitzing considering the size and speed we have in our front seven? 
I think because that's not the scheme that we really play anymore, is it? Yeah, but then again, towards the end of the game, and I think it was something that Mark touched on, is that we we kind of abandoned the three uh, the four man rush and went straight to a three man rush, and it's kind of like, hang on a minute, we're getting no pressure with four guys. How do you expect us to get pressure with three guys? But again, if we if if the secondary isn't trusted, then we're not going to blitz as often because if that blitz is picked up, then then we're, then we're hopelessly exposed, aren't we? Well, and I, I find it interesting that the few times we've actually gotten to the quarterback, I believe, and I, I didn't check the stats, so I'm not 100% certain, but it seems to me that we, we get to the quarterback better when we're running a corner blitz. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you see Sherman fly back there, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, that quarterback, the opposing quarterback is running for his life or throwing it away or, you know, and, but that's not something we can afford to do a lot of either. Uh, Jason continues, why is there a rotation of players on the line that means some guys being out of position a lot of the time? It's the square pegs round holes thing, isn't it, that we I think we spoke about and has been mentioned on the on the podcast before, whereby I think pretty much everyone's out of position because they don't fit the scheme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Jay and Jason and Mark both touched on why did Salah have a defensive lineman drop back into coverage, which we already talked about Malcolm Smith dropping back into coverage, which I got a laugh out of. Mark Kant. Okay, honey, I think we, we addressed this, but I, I want to hear more. Should I feel guilty that I am watching Red Zone and not the Niners game? Am I a bad person? No, you're not, Mark. <laughs> no, you're human. You have feelings. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so our buddy, our stat guy, Mark Lyon, I can always rely on him to come up with some great questions. What was Tart doing be, to be nowhere near Lockett when he burned Smith for speed? We, we, we spoke about earlier, didn't we? It's we're not doing man coverage, are we? It's zonal, and he'd obviously gone. One, for whatever reason, he must he must have assumed that Malcolm Smith was going to have the speed to cover Tyler Lockett. Either that or he's just not seen it. Yeah, I think that's a problem of the uh, discipline we have. Um, the first thing you learn when you play defense is uh, always have the ball uh, in your eyes. And mostly, I think the players uh, only re react on other players and uh, are out of position a lot because of that. And that's a good point, that they, they need to know where that ball is at all times. But, and if they do, they uh, safety stay behind because they know there can come a pass. And as I said before, our safeties are blitzing more than they are in pass coverage. Uh, let's see, Mark continues, why would any defensive coordinator who is worth their salt send a three-man rush on so many plays when his team is struggling to generate pressure with four or five men rushing? Well, we talked about that, but I just love that question. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think, I think it's to kind of, I mean, for me, the, re, the, the way that you draw uh, incompletions and the way that you draw interceptions isn't by covering the guys really really well it's by getting to the quarterback and making the quarterback inaccurate and i kind of think well there's a little bit of bad thinking involved in in only rushing three guys and thinking well i'll tell you what we'll do we'll we'll just play almost like a contained defense so that you know we're not going to give up a big play but it it makes it so easy for them to pick up shorter yardage or you, you know or, i mean russell wilson can do it with his feet you know, if we're, if we're only rushing three guys and they're so well contained, all Russell Wilson has to do is pull the ball down and, you know, if everyone's covered, then he can get 
seven, eight, nine yards on a on a scramble play. I mean, he's 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 made a career out of doing that, hasn't he? Uh, let's see. Is it me or defensively? Does it look like we haven't got a clue how to play the scheme? Correct. Exactly. I don't know if it's we don't have a clue or it's the square peg round hole. Yeah, I think they go hand in hand. I think. They, I think it's both. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, we hired Chris Kiffin as a spe- specialist pass rush coach this summer. Can anyone tell me what improvements he has made? I would say none. I, I always look for the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, Defoe Buckner has nine, uh, nine sacks already, so there's a little improvement uh, compared to the years before. Um, but only a little. But brick by brick. Right. <laughs> Jeff Halfley is the secondary coach. Should he be fired? Hmm. It, it, it's t- it's tough to because ultimately they, those coach those coaches will only be carrying out the instructions of the defensive coordinator. I guess. Um. I think basic. Ba- although although Michael touched on it earlier when you you know particularly when you're in the secondary, your eyes should be on the ball and and that's something. And if they're not, then that's something that the individual coaches should be looking out for and should be able to pick up if people have got problems locating it then you know we need to either coach them how to locate it or move them on should the special teams coordinator be in the hot seat given that our special teams unit gave up three penalties a muffed punt and an 84 yard kickoff return it's harsh it's harsh to to blame it on on the coordinator i think if you know richard james drops a ball there's no amount of coaching that is going to going to cure that you know it's just one of those things it just it's a bad mistake at a bad time in a poor game so you you know there's no way that they you they can kind of fix that with coaching you know at the end of the day he knows how to catch a football he just didn't do it on that occasion yeah and i wouldn't put the penalties on the coach either um it's in in, in special teams it's uh, very easy to get a flag uh you just just need it to become a second late, and you get a block in the back. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's not a coaching problem. That's a discipline problem, and that would be Carl Shanahan's problem. Uh, would firing Sala help or hinder? I don't think it's going to do us any good at this at this juncture. I think, as we say, he's part of the process, and we have to if we're prepared to give Shanahan and and Lynch time, then we have to give their guys time as well yeah i think after the season we should uh, look really hard of uh, what sully uh, is doing with the with that defense and i know he is a sophomore as well as a lot of players and as kyle and as lynch but uh, he needs to learn to adapt too if if your personal uh, doesn't work for the scheme you want you may have to adapt uh, to your personal but you c- because you can't fire the whole personnel again. No. Okay, so this week, moving on to this week's game, we are playing the Denver Broncos, who seem to be uh, pretty hot these days. They, they're hot in their running game, which perversely is probably the what we're the best at on defense. So it'll be interesting to see whether you know how that pans out really i mean they they don't really have much of a a passing attack everything is kind of built around philip Lindsay, isn't he who's been you know a bit of a star hasn't he considering he's gone he he went undrafted and he's kind of churning out 100 yard games every week so you know again 
It's the hope that kills you, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Like, you know, it, it, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, can Case, can Case Keenan pick our secondary part? Yes, of course he can. Yeah, um, I think he can. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's going to be one of those. But I, I don't see Denver running the ball as well against us as they have done in previous weeks against other teams who have got better records than us, which is again another frustrating thing, isn't it? I'm a bit torn here. Um, of course, I don't want to see Lindsay have a good game against us uh, as a 49ers fan. As his fantasy owner, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a different thing. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, knew that was coming. <laughs> but um, I, I, I don't, I don't see um, this. Is, uh, I see that's a, that's an offense uh, we maybe have a chance against because. Uh, yeah, of the quarterback, and he's not the best, to say it nice. Uh, but then Eli uh, looked like Joe Montana against us. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, I think our offense line will have uh, a hard day facing uh, the defense of Denver. Yeah, Von Miller, Von Miller has the potential to have a field there, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, currently the Broncos are 11th in the league in points allowed with 21.8 points per game. I that would be 21 points per in a game for the Niners. I would be really happy at this point. Um, I'd take that over the next They week, are they are 23rd in rushing yards allowed and passing yards allowed. So, okay, yeah, there is a chance there. But then again, we were saying that about the Seattle game. And, you know, look at our run game. We didn't have much. Seattle's defense is quick, though. Seattle's defense are good against the run. Their linebacking core is particularly pacey. And with that kind of stat that, that Denver are 23rd in the league against the run, we could potentially have a, a really big day on the, on, the, on the ground. You know, obviously we're without Breda, so it'll be... Wilson Jr. Yeah, we're down Wilson, to our Wilson fourth Jr., it? I think even my, I, yeah. I, I might take my, I might try and go and get take my cleats and see if I can get a game. <laughs> well, let's see. We're in Levi's this week, so <laughs> we still can put the bus driver in. Um. <laughs> uh, let's see. So the all-time the series is tied at seven-seven. Their last meeting was in Mile High when Colin Kaepernick was sacked six times and the team rammed for just 62 yards and it was a 42-17 loss. That sounds familiar. We have lost three of the last five meetings, losing by an average of 21 points each time. So that doesn't make me feel good. The last time the Niners had a home game against the Broncos was week eight of 2010 when the Niners won 24-16 at Wembley. Ah, yes, I was at that game. Were you I now? was indeed. Just incidentally, nice. just, just going back, did you know that we set an NFL record last week? I'm afraid to ask for what. It was the first ever recorded 43-16 result in NFL history. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> not something we're proud of, but no. um, yes, that was touched upon in the post-game show. Set in, in records, <laughs> right? Maybe maybe Kyle Shanahan should uh, show the guys a video of Super Bowl twenty three uh, twenty four. Absolutely. Yeah. So the Niners have opened as five and a half point underdogs for the game. We are at home against the Broncos. What do you guys think? What are your predictions? I'd, I'd like to say we'll win. Can we win? Yes, of course we can. Are we mo- are we likely to win? No, we're not. 
I don't know. I I I I think the the forecast is the under the underdogs and the points differential is probably about right. Yeah, last time uh, I was asked here, I said we will win against the Giants, and we lost. So I say this time we will lose. Uh, hope hopefully uh, we will win. So uh, yeah, I I don't think we we can win this. Uh, I think the the, the games uh, in front of us are all uh, losses. So. I think we will lose it. I hope we will lose it uh, a close one. Yeah. I tend to agree. I think I'm I'm a little more afraid of the blowout, to be honest with you, um, because we have this reputation for the last five years of making teams look like, you know, the Patriots or the Packers of old. And, um, yeah, I think we're going to lose this game, and I don't think it's going to be pretty at all. There should be an ad, there should be an advert for that kind of thing, isn't it? It's like <laughs> low, low on confidence. Play the 49ers. <laughs> I have some break, breaking news about the Broncos. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders uh, has a torn Achilles. Ah, you did that in training. I've seen that. Yeah. Okay, so Simon, do you want to go over the pick six? I can do. Yes. Um, yeah. So the uh, just to, without sounding too repetitive obviously the, if you're a first time listener the pick six is a a competition we run every week where uh we pick six games and all you have to do is pick the winner and the points that the 49ers will score on a weekly basis so there were no pick sixes this week however 12 players picked four um which was the most wins by anybody this week um season to date um and I'm going to read what's in front of me <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy the Brat Brewster uh, is in the lead with 51. Uh, sorry, Jimmy, I don't know what that's all about. Uh, Mark Nowley has 50. Uh, Neil Jepson, 49. And then Mark Lyon and Mark Conn both have 48 each. So still a lot to play for um, with a few weeks left. Um, I think I've managed to eliminate myself from the running by doing what the 49ers do and finishing quite badly. So, uh, uh, And I think, Kat, you've moved ahead of me now, so... Congrats oh, have I? Yeah, I think you're. I think you're just below the uh, the stat line there. I think I'm at forty three or forty five, something like that. I'm within striking distance of the brat. And if you want more info on that inside joke, just check out the thread on the announcement that Mark uh, posted. Mark Kant posted earlier, I believe yesterday. Um, sorry, Jimmy. You know I love you. <laughs> Michael, you want to talk about the Pro Bowl? Yes, um, something funny, and maybe it shows uh, the NFL, the power of the European fans. Um, I don't talk about the usual suspects, uh, Dushek or Kittle, because uh, they are surely to go to the Pro Bowl, I think. Um, I would like to talk about Mark and Sacha who currently leads uh, the special team uh, votes in the NFC. And that's because a German TV station uh, asked its fans uh, to vote for Ensorcha. And uh, he got a boost and that already uh, swept over to the United States where some fan uh, bases already talked about it. That Awesome. He's winning by he's winning by a landslide, isn't he, Michael? Is that is he, is he, he's winning by quite a distance, isn't he? Yeah, um, uh, as I said, the German TV station Run, who covers the NFL in Germany, 
uh, asked their fans to vote for Mark and Sodger because at the moment uh, we, we all can say it he is the best German in the National Football League <laughs> <laughs> or the, o the, the only real German um, uh, EQ St. Brown is a different thing he has a German mother but he's a real, only real German uh, who started the season as a starter and uh, still plays Do the Vikings not still have that receiver? Was he, was he Austrian? Uh, no, it's, it was Beringer. Uh, oh, Beringer, uh, that's it, yeah. Yeah, and Beringer was cut and now is in the practice squad of the Cincinnati Bengals. But, oh, right. um, yeah, the, the only active Germans, if you call EQ St. Brown a German because of his mother, are EQ St. Brown and Mark Ansocher. And uh, I think it's a cool thing for Ansocher if he would go to the Pro Bowl. That's awesome. That's absolutely fantastic. Get, vote, yeah, get so voting, guys, if you haven't there. done it. And you can vote a bajillion million times. It's on NFL.com. I've done it. I've voted for Kittle and Breda a few hundred times. I think I think you can find it. I think there's a place where you can get a link to it on the 49ers website as well. Yeah, you can, you can also go to Twitter, uh, type uh, uh, here... Hashtag ProboVote and the name, and uh, you vote for the person. So there you go. Get your Probo votes in. All right, gentlemen, I have two minutes on the clock. Are you ready to play the two-minute drill? Yeah. Yeah, uh, have to be. <laughs> okay. Michael, with Jim will Jimmy Ward be in a Niner jersey next year? I don't think so. Simon, do we have enough picks in the draft to fill our needs? I don't think so, but I'd still like to take Nick Bosa. Uh, I keep hearing that name. Um, Michael, are we the worst team in football at the moment? At the moment? Nah, I wouldn't say. I would say it's Raiders, but they had uh, um, better st uh, strengths of schedule. Uh, Simon, how long before Shanahan loses patience and makes another quarterback change? I don't think he will. I don't know who he'd change to. Uh, <laughs> Michael, should we have done more in free agency to get the deals done? I, um, no. Um, what uh, what could we do? Mac is a is a good example. We tried the best. We had the best offer, and the other teams declined it. And it's always what a player wants, and uh, not always what the team wants. Simon, who is your league MVP so far? It's a toss-up between Breda and Kittle. Um, just for longevity, and because he's stayed pretty much injury-free, I'd probably go George Kittle. Okay. Michael, do you think it should be more than two points awarded for not going for the PAT? <laughs> no, I think uh, the two-point conversion is quite okay. okay. <laughs> Simon, do you have your Christmas decorations up yet? No, because it's my... 40th birthday on Friday and we're not allowed to put any Christmas decorations up until it's been my birthday so there. I love it that's <laughs> fabulous as the mother of a child who was born three days after Christmas we keep Christmas and birthdays separate as well and that's all we've got for now <coughs> Neil Jepson for our for continuing to do our questions for the two minute drill anything else you guys want to tackle nothing really other than just to say you're not a bad person if you watch red zone don't expect us to win just look for positives in the games chill out drink jack daniels or whatever it is that you drink and just enjoy <laughs> your sundays guys 
Michael, anything to add? Yeah, it, it maybe is a hard season, but look at all the injured players we have. Uh, look at the worst of players uh, who are injured, so you may know why we're where we stand. And I just want to add, yes, I'm going to keep beating that dead horse. Stay positive. It is a f process. It, it There is, you know, bricks being laid, foundations there. We've just had some chinks in the armor or whatever as I mix my metaphors. But it will come back around. It will. So that's our show for this this week. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Mark Lyon, Mark Kant, Andrew Mitchell, Neil Jepson, Deepak Gohill, Paul McDonald, James Little, Rob Newell, Simon Holdsworth, Nathaniel James, Jason Argo, and Graham Ross for all the work they do on the group and the show. Apologies if I missed anyone. If you would like to get involved on the show, please let us know. You can message any of the admins in the group on Facebook. We're always looking for members to appear on the show or just to contribute content. Of course, my vote is to have you on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NinerEmpireGB and on Facebook, search for the group NinerEmpireGB. Don't forget to check out the blog, which is available on your favorite podcast app. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. It's time to say goodbye, boys. Goodbye, boys. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> on behalf of Simon Holdsworth and Michael Wandy, I'm Kat Victorino. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. Goodbye for now.